Hello and welcome to another episode of The Remake Mistake, brought to you by WolfbaneBlooms.com. In this podcast, we're going to take a look at an original horror movie, as well as its remake, in order to answer two questions. First, does the remake stand up to the original? And second, should it have been remade at all, or was this remake a mistake? Even a man who is pure in heart and says his prayers by night may become a wolf when the wolf bane blooms, and the autumn moon is bright. All right, in this episode, we're going to be taking a look at 1984's Nightmare on Elm Street, as well as its 2010 remake of the same name. I am Eric, and with me, as always, is Mike. Hi. There he is, folks. All right, um, let's talk about A Nightmare on Elm Street. I think, as we mentioned earlier, this is the first truly um, iconic movie that we've tackled besides the wolfman yeah but the wolfman's iconic for different reasons yeah this is this is one of the big um modern slasher movies that kind of crafted what we know as modern horror yeah that's true it's a hell of a movie yeah it truly is a wonderful wonderful movie mm-hmm. um both of us has have seen the original nightmare on elm street multiple yeah. times as over everyone the years. should mm-hmm. um this was actually my first time seeing the remake but your second yes because i watched it after it had come out, like, on on demand or something back in 2010. Mm. So I didn't remember a lot of it, but but that's probably for the best. Did you remember liking it when you saw it in 2010? No. No, I felt almost offended, having been a fan of the original. Sure. And, and I didn't even remember the original as well at that point. I just knew who basically remembering the character and what he had become. Sure. And this was nothing like what the character was. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I had a similar reaction, but I think watching it now under this context, we both were able to kind of take a step back and look at it uh, with a little bit more of an open mind, I think, um, on this, yeah. this most recent viewing of it. Yeah, because doing this podcast makes you look at things a little bit different and i hadn't watched that documentary that's on netflix now uh never sleep again i think or something yeah i haven't seen it yet four hour documentary it's well worth the watch yeah i mean from the stories you've been telling me about it it seems like it's got some really great information in it very well put together and it's got uh interviews from everyone excluding johnny depp yeah (laughs) yeah that that makes sense yeah and it goes through the entire franchise up till Freddy versus Jason. Were there two Freddy versus Jason movies? No, just one. They only made one. Yeah. Why do I remember there being two of those movies? Mm-hmm. They they were talking about it for a long time. They were talking about doing the Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. Ash, yeah. And that's a comic book, I think. Yeah. So. Interesting. And this movie is considered one of the like the longest production from when they pitched the idea to when it actually came to fruition because Jason wasn't owned by New Line. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, so it took forever for them Mm -hmm. to get everything in line. Yeah. Interesting. It was like 10, 15 years. Yeah. Well, let's jump back a couple decades there and take a look at uh, the original Nightmare on Elm Street, obviously directed and written by Wes Craven. Yeah, I had forgotten or had maybe just not known that he actually wrote the movie, too. Mm -hmm. Um. (laughs) 
got a uh, you know great cast. You've got obviously Robert Englund, who needs no introduction. No, yeah. I mean the man played Freddy Krueger in every single uh, installment up until the remake. Yeah, um, Johnny Depp in his first starring role as they as they write all over the back of the DVD case. Yeah. Um, John Saxon, Heather Langenkamp. Um, it's a good cast. Yeah, strong cast. Yeah, the acting for the most part is pretty strong. Yeah, for being you know, young. I don't know how old they are, and the teens are supposed to be. I th- They're obviously probably yeah. not teenagers, but well, I mean, Heather Langenkamp when they shot was eighteen or nineteen, so mm. I mean, they were right in that in that zone. Yeah. Probably not as young as they should have been in high school, but yeah, but yeah, it works. Yeah, totally. Um, it's an hour and a half movie. Uh, One million eight hundred thousand dollar budget. So yeah, yeah, that was an interesting thing though, that with this. And this surprised me, too, because I thought that this movie, the original, was going to be the biggest, the highest grossing one of all of them. But for a while there, each one was more, brought in more money than the last one. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. Um, 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. So like we mentioned earlier, this movie is Yeah, not only is loved. it just loved for what it is, but people see it and critics see it as an actually good movie right actual good movie yeah it's not just like oh well you know it's been around for so long and people seem to like it so it must be good this is actually a movie that that people can agree is is well a good well movie yeah just despite it being a horror movie mm-hmm. um all right i mean let you want to talk about the movie itself yeah let's uh let's get into a little bit of it here um we'll kind of jump around um uh, the slower moments and we'll just hit the the major talking points here um I think it, it's it's cool to note though that the movie opens the opening credit scene is just hands crafting the gloves yeah the iconic gloves which is a cool opening credit scene yeah um, you never see his face or anything you no. just see him building the well it actually wasn't Robert England right. doing that but like a stunt man yeah or something well the guy who created it because he's the only one who knew how to actually do that mm-hmm. so we're immediately thrown into a dream um, we have we have our our lead one of our lead characters in the beginning tina and she's um being stalked around the iconic boiler room set yeah um it's kind of like industrial boiler room um we get to see freddie uh pops up behind her cuts her dress and she wakes up is the first sight we get of him from that profile like his shadow Mm, yeah, because he's creeping around in the boiler yeah. room, and you see like the hat. Yeah, the hat. The hat. Yeah, yeah, that's a hell of an introduction. Yeah, I mean, one thing I'll say about this movie before we even get into it is, um, I just watched it again today for you know, I don't know for the podcast. Yeah, for the, for the several mm-hmm. several time. Oh, several yeah, yeah, yeah. time, um, and I was genuinely unsettled and creeped yeah. out at several moments when I watched this a couple of days ago. I made sure that I. I really forced myself to like get in the mind frame of trying to see it through new eyes. Mm-hmm. And I was very uncomfortable during parts. Yeah. I mean, like it's the, te- it was, the tension was there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and plus it'd been a while since I'd seen it. So I was like, all right, I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen because unlike slasher movies, like uh, Friday the 13th, you know, he's going to pop up here, pop up there. But because it's a dream, you know, anything can happen. Yeah, you really don't know. And then there's that constant, like you said, uh, feeling of tension. 
throughout the whole movie when you don't know if they're dreaming or not. Yeah. You know, they wake up, but it's like, well, you don't know if they're awake. And so these like really unsettling, surreal things keep happening. And, uh, you know, you just got to go with it. So I just wanted to say that even from 1984, this movie is still genuinely unsettling. And I think that's why it has a 94%. Yeah, I think so too. Um, so she wakes up and we meet kind of our main players. So we've got Nancy, um, who's played by Heather Langenkamp. We've got Glenn, who's played by Johnny Depp. We've got Tina, who's the, the woman who we just saw being stalked by Freddy. Um, so they kind of briefly talk about the fact that they're all experiencing nightmares. Yeah, um, the same. Yeah. They decide that they're going to have a slumber party together to kind of all keep each other awake, I guess, or be supportive. Um, then we meet Rod. Rod shows up and he's this kind of just you know, meathead, jackass Jay, character. Crazy Italian. Yeah. Um, he's kind of seeing Tina, kind of not. I don't I don't really know. I don't know. I think they are, and I think they're just having a fight, but that doesn't matter. Because in the next scene, they're just boning, boning away. Yeah, but then he says something like, I'm glad you're not mad anymore, so now we can get some sleep. Mm-hmm. And then that's when they she realizes that, He's having the same dream as well. Right. So now they bone for a while. Yeah. And uh, Cartoonish. Yeah. They fall, they fall asleep and we get a really cool uh, extended sequence of Tina now for the second time in the movie entering her dream. Yeah. She wakes up to rocks being thrown at her window. Um, she hears the voice calling her. And she runs out to the alley where we get to see long arm Freddy yeah. Krueger, which to me is the... Is maybe the one scene in the movie that doesn't really. Yeah, they were do saying that me. when they were filming it, that they th- they were thinking this this kind of looks stupid. It does look stupid. Yeah, well, it kind of works. I mean, you get the surreal effect of he can do anything with his body too. I just feel like it's a little strange that that's like that's really the first time you see like his full body. You really see him in full, and it's just this like puppety cartoon, yeah, long arm. Uh, I agree with you, yeah. Yeah. But I can see where they were going. And it really doesn't serve a purpose either. He kind of walks down the alley with these, like, long six-feet arms, and then next and then shot... he's just scratching the wall with one yeah. of them. But he could just move over to the wall. Sure. Yeah. And then next shot, he's just got normal-sized arms again. And he kind of hobble runs after yeah. her, which is a hilarious run. Which he does that, too, because Robert England was saying that he got the walk in form of ready because when you put on the glove it was heavier and it made his shoulder go down and he felt that was like a gunslinger mm. like a holster yeah I guess that makes sense yeah but one thing I want to say is we get another you know famous iconic scene don't want to throw that word around too much but and I really like it because as she's good you know she's sleeping and things are you know she's uneasy as she's sleeping she's in the dream world but it cuts back to the house and uh yeah i can't think of her name nancy nancy thank you but she's sleeping and then the cross gets knocked off the wall and then his face comes through the wall and stretches the wall Mm -hmm. so i like as i was watching it i was thinking i like that because he's well i guess she was sleeping during that time or because he wouldn't have come out of a dream to be in there right just weird I yeah. like that too. Like you don't know what's going to happen or who he's going to go after. Right. But he's just watching everyone. Yeah, cuz I mean he can simultaneously be in as many people's dreams yeah, as he wants. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Why doesn't he So if they all fell asleep at the same time, he could get all of them, I guess, right? Yeah, that's 
Interesting. Although I feel like later, don't some of them fall asleep and they're in they're in the dream together, right? That's true. They make a point of that in the remake too, saying we're in the we're in each other's dreams. Yeah. So they're having like the same dreams. So, well, well, no. I guess the answer to that is they enter a dream world and he's everywhere, and it's one world, but they're all entering the same place. The answer to that is don't think about it. Yeah, we've already <laughs> thought about it too much. Yeah. Um, okay, so there's some there's some really cool stuff here. He he's still chasing Tina. He kind of appears behind a tree. Um, <laughs> he's like, look at this, and then he cuts his fingers off, and they uh, they start squirting like a yellow. Um, yellow green pus I guess it's pretty cool um, and then he jumps on top of Tina and she like grabs at his face and like slides his entire face off which is like a really cool scene and something that I um, forget about all the time alright so Rod wakes up now to Tina thrashing wildly in the bed um, her stomach gets split like slit open um and this is one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie because it's so damn unsettling um tina is is dragged like upside down up the wall onto the ceiling um and she's just getting you know she's thrashing around on the ceiling and then she crashes down to the bed you know blood splatter everywhere yeah while rod watches the entire thing that's horrific 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 uh, which I don't want to just sit here and, you know, rehash that documentary so everyone should watch it, but they explain how they were doing that and how the actor was just, like, completely, like, when they were done, just everyone was disoriented and it really messed with their heads, so I imagine a lot of that went into that scene. I mean, yeah, it was, it was, it's heavy. There, yeah. There's several scenes in this movie that had that effect on me where I was like, oh, like yeah. you, you feel it when the scene was yeah. over. It's so unnatural to watch. Mm-hmm. And because it's none of it is CGI, it works great. Mm-hmm. It gets the effect across, which we'll get to in the remake, but that the CGI just weakens it. Yeah. And I mean, there's parts where I feel like it wasn't even necessarily the CGI, but it was that mentality of like, we can do whatever. There's no bound even even if it's not CGI like we don't have boundaries. We can do whatever we want. So yeah. it felt like that. It felt like you know, they just they did whatever they wanted to. Um okay, so it's important to note that Nancy's dad is a is the police lieutenant. He he gets Rod, rounds him up and takes him to jail because obviously he's the prime suspect at that point. Right. Um then we get a the classroom shot where Lynn Shea is the teacher. Yeah, I, I forget even now I forgot that until yeah, you said that. I saw it and I was like, Hey, it's Lynn Shea. Yeah. That's so great. Um but it's because Robert Shea, I guess, is her older brother. Yeah. He's the producer of the movie. Um which yeah. is interesting. Uh so that's just that little tidbit that, that shocked me when we watched it. Um another one of my favorite scenes of the movie, Nancy falls asleep in class. And we get this incredibly unsettling uh, dream where she sees Tina wrapped in like a plastic body bag, I guess, mm-hmm. all bloodied. Um, and she's just getting dragged like by yeah. invisible force through the hallways of the school. Yeah. Extremely, extremely effective scene. Um, then kind of immediately followed by a really dumb scene where <laughs> Nancy like crashes into this hall monitor mm-hmm. who's just like this high school girl. Yeah, and then she turns around to look at her again, and she has the Freddy Krueger voice yeah, and glove. Yeah, girl. Yeah, yeah. That felt kind of dumb to me. 
A little bit. But this scene, to bring another movie into it, I mean, this movie is so iconic and so well-loved that you get you get other movies bringing up parts of it. And when in the movie It Follows, there's that scene when she's in school running, and that reminded me. I was thinking about that a lot during yeah, that scene. I could see that for sure. I'm not sure if that's intentional on the It Follows filmmakers, but that's what I felt. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Freddie Freddy shows up, and he, he cuts his chest like he cuts his own chest, kind of yeah. similar how he cut his fingers off earlier. But he, like, is bleeding maggots. Yeah, that was... Green slime. It's just... The whole... Most of the movie in the dream stuff is just him messing with them. Yeah. Until he can kill them. Yeah, and he doesn't say much in this movie either. Right. I, and then later he gets very cartoony with, you know, in the other movies with right. what he says and everything. And that's just... That brings... I don't know. I feel like that's almost immediately just isn't what the character is especially with knowing his past because we know that he is either well it depends on which version you're watching either a pedophile or just a, a murderer for was children it, i was reading that like in the original one he was supposed to be a pedophile but they changed he it still the last is, I minute think, but they downplayed it because there was an actual yeah, in California yeah. at the time yeah so they like they just they focused which, more on the murder aspect. that's for the best part yeah I mean, for the best, not for the best part. <laughs> the pedophilia is the yeah. best part. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so he's chasing Nancy around. She burns herself on a pipe to wake herself up. Pretty smart move. Mm -hmm. um, you know, she has this screaming fit in class, and then she goes home. Um, then we get later, again, I, like you said, I hate to throw around the word iconic every, every scene, but this truly is the iconic scene where she falls asleep yeah. in the bathtub. This is the picture they use when yeah. they talk about this movie. Everybody knows this scene, even probably if you've never seen this movie. Nancy's sleeping in the bathtub. The hand comes up out of the water between mm -hmm. her legs. Extremely iconic. And then she gets pulled underwater. This is a really cool scene. Um, I'm sure they talk about how they did it in the yeah. documentary. Bottomless tub. Bottomless tub built over a pool. And they, you know, Freddie pulls her down through the tub into the water. This, like, really deep water. Very cool scene. Yeah. Very effective. And, again, this is, like, something that knowing that they had to build this enormous set piece to uh, to make this scene yeah. makes it even cooler. Um, it must... I mean, I know we're not at the remake yet, but how hard... I don't, I don't know. Well, <laughs> I just have issues with... Because of how, you know well-known and almost non-touchable some of these things are why would they even try why would they try to recreate those scenes i know that's what i yeah. my mind led me to is why even bother remaking the movie i mean but we'll get to that right and it's it's interesting because for a scene like that they recreated it in two separate scenes in the remake which we can oh, talk yeah. about they kind of split that i didn't into even two. realize that that one scene was yeah. Where he's in the water. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll get to that. But it, it is interesting what scenes they chose to recreate exactly, what they chose to, like, just kind of, you know, give pay homage to. Um, yeah. Interesting. So Nancy takes caffeine pills and watches Evil Dead on TV, which is a great uh, thing to note that Sam Raimi and Wes Craven had kind of this tongue-in-cheek back and forth. Yeah, they seem like they enjoyed each other. Yeah. You don't see that in any other kind of genre as much yeah. maybe action with well obviously tarantino yeah but 
there's no camaraderie as much as there is with horror. Right. In the first Evil Dead, they find a they have a Hills Have Eyes poster torn up in the basement. And then in Nightmare on Elm Street, they're watching Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. And then in Evil Dead 2, there's a Freddy Krueger uh, glove in the shed. The Freddy Krueger glove. The actual one from the set. And then it was borrowed on another one of the movies that Wes Craven gave him. And then it was... Uh... Lost. Yep. Which seems insane. I'm sure someone has it somewhere. Oh, yeah. When I read that the glove was lost, I thought that's not even something that you lose. That's like something that gets carried to the set in a... Like locked case. Yeah, I that's feel the like. most important thing. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy to me. Um, that's Smithsonian level stuff yeah. right there. Well, yeah, now it is for sure. Now it's in a dumpster behind the Smithsonian. Yeah. Um, okay, so now Nancy, who um, is the only person in this movie to take any kind of initiative towards Freddy, decides she comes with a plan that she's going to fall asleep and try to find Freddy, and that Glenn, Johnny Depp, is going to stay awake. And if anything happens, he's going to. Well, that's because when she wakes up after a a tough with Freddy in a dream, she has his hat. Oh, yeah. Is that later? Or that happened already? Well, that's how she knows to find Freddy. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's later, though. That's when she's at the dream dream, uh, institute. Yeah. (laughs) With uh, Dr. Roger Rabbit. (laughs) Yeah, the University of Dreams. Um, So... Yeah, she goes in the dream. Now she goes to the jail to find Rod, but she's dreaming. Yeah. And then Freddie, she sees Freddie enter the jail cell. In the yeah, dream. she's walking, and then she through the grate below her, she sees it's the jail cell. Right. And she sees Freddie, and they're messing with him. Yeah, and then we get a weird scene where Tina appears to Nancy again. This time she has like a centipede crawling out of her mouth. Yeah. Her like there's snakes all around her feet. Just Freddy messing with her. Yeah, which is, you know, it's cool. It's just just random random messing around with him. Yeah. Um, Nancy tries to get Glenn to wake her up, but, you know, he fell asleep. What a putz. He's pretty useless in this movie. Yeah, totally. I mean, he does deliver some good, I guess, exposition of sleeping and dreams and stuff yeah. while eating... A pretty disgusting-looking hamburger, but <laughs> <laughs> and we and he, we get iconic scenes of him uh, watching TV and listening to music at the same time. Yeah, good stuff. Good 1984 stuff. Good Johnny Depp stuff. Still does it, I hear. Yeah, to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, Nancy runs up the stairs. They turn into quicksand yep. slime, Bisquick, which is awesome looking. Which Wes Craven did not want to do. Really? Yeah. He, Why not? He just didn't like it. He didn't want to do it. But the producer said, no, we're doing this. Cool. I'm glad they did it. Yeah, and I think he admits that it was a good shot. Yeah. Um, it's very effective. Um, and then they re- also kind of recreated that scene in the remake as well. A little yeah. differently done, but very, very yeah. similar. Good shot, though, but yeah. Yeah. And then he jumps through a mirror mm-hmm. and attacks her, and she wakes up. Um, so later on, they had to see Rod in jail. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rod's death is he gets a a sheet wrapped around his neck. Yeah, and hangs himself. Ghost well, sheet. gets hung. Yeah. Hanged. Hunged. Yeah, hunged it. Yeah. Um, so that's a pretty anticlimactic death as far For as this a movie goes. anticlimactic character. Yeah, I suppose so. Didn't get it out of the way. Yeah. Um, so after after Rod's funeral, we start to get an idea that maybe the the adults know what's going on. Yeah. 
but we don't know exactly what yet. So they take Nancy to a, a sleep institute, the Dream Institute, which we talked about earlier. Um, and, and at one point they say something to the effect of like, her dream meter is off the charts, yeah. which made me laugh. Uh, that's a hilarious line. I mean, I'm sure there is some science to that. That's oh, sure. not... Doesn't make it any less hilarious. Yeah. Well, it doesn't help because I know that the actor as the doctor is the guy who voiced Roger Rabbit, and that man is insane. Yeah. It's pretty good. He would go to that set dressed in a full Roger Rabbit costume. Yeah. So. Yeah. So she has, you know, they're monitoring her, but she has a nightmare. Her hair turns gray. Yeah. um, Which is a very cool I guess her arm gets cut and this is yeah this is where she brings Freddy's hat out and she yeah. realizes like oh man I can bring I can bring things out of the dream world which is kind of cool yeah that's a, I wonder if it's only Freddy related oh like you can just bring yeah. anything out you like just you dream just dream about a million dollars and here you go yeah just bring it out yeah then we get the Freddy Krueger backstory uh, in this in this movie is that um, he was a child murderer killed 20 kids in the neighborhood but he got out of jail on a technicality. Mm-hmm. So the parents got together, trapped him in, in the boiler room in the house that he was hiding out in and burned him alive. Yeah. And she still has the, his glove in the basement like a lunatic. Yeah. Get rid of that glove. Why yeah, in the well, world yeah. would she keep that glove? Yeah, especially if it can tie you back to that crime that you <laughs> yeah. committed. Of it's course, a, one of the... Terrible idea. The... Well, yeah, the, the lieutenant is her hus- ex-husband, I think. Yeah, so he was in a... Why didn't he have it? Are they... I wasn't sure if they were actually living together or not. No. No. I understood that they weren't living together because at one point a character remarks that, like, oh, you know, poor Marge all alone in the house or whatever. Yeah, it's kind of surprising that he didn't get custody of her, seeing that he's a cop and she's, she's an alcoholic. Yeah, like a wild alcoholic. Yeah. Yeah. 1984, I guess. Yeah, it's true. It's the 80s. It's all a dream. <laughs> um, all right, so we're getting to the final moments, final climax of this movie. Um, Nancy hasn't slept in seven days. She's frantic. Um, Glenn is laying in bed watching TV and listening to music, and he falls asleep. Supposed to, because he's. A, they've already shared a plan to... She calls him up fracti- frantically, frantically, mm-hmm. saying... I'm going to go in there, pull back Freddy, wake me up, stay awake. But he does not. Right. He just, like, almost immediately falls asleep. Yeah. Um, and he gets sucked into the bed. Yeah. And, like... And this is one where we don't... I th- this might be the only character that gets killed that we don't see a dream world for him. Oh, yeah. We don't know what that looked like to him. No, That's we just see point. him. We've never seen Johnny Depp in a dream world. Right. I mean, I've seen him in my dreams, oh, obviously, my but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He just gets sucked into the bed and then gallons and gallons and gallons and gallons of blood pour out. So much blood. Yeah. Which is another interesting story there because they use the same the same room that revolves around the one that <clears throat> Fred Astaire used, you know, danced on the ceiling, and that Tina was killed in. Yeah. So they're using that and they release the blood. And I guess they forget that water or liquid and electricity don't mix. And it fell, electrocuted one of the guys. You know, he's still alive. He's okay, one of the crew members. And then, but the whole room just started involuntarily moving, like spinning. And that's why some of that scene, you, which looks really cool, 
but the blood just starts like moving a certain way and everything's real effective too Mm -hmm. for being a scene that takes place in the real world though it doesn't make much sense because I mean obviously the human body body doesn't have that much blood in it so it's like you know it seems like a scene that's almost more at home in the dream portion but it's some it's you know it's real it actually happens well who's to say all that blood is his well yeah I mean Pretty much just have blood. some blood he's been carrying around. He's sure. like, oh, in buckets. Yeah. yeah, buckets and buckets of blood. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So Nancy finds out Glenn's dead, and she finally reveals her grand plan to go in and get Freddie and bring him out. So she she sets up Home Alone-style traps. Yeah. All throughout the house, she's got a sledgehammer over the yep. door. She's mm-hmm. got trip wires. I think she um, has a boxing glove on a spring. <laughs> <laughs> just in case the wet bandits show up. Yeah. Um, or sticky. She, yeah. She goes to the basement and the glove is gone. But it's, she's actually in the dream world already. The basement turns into the boiler room. It's close. Um, here she finds little relics of everybody who's died. She finds Tina's crucifix, Rod's switchblade, Glenn's headphones, which is an idea they take in the remake and uh, ruin shit on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's Sorry. a better way to say it. <laughs> sure. They shit on it. Um, Freddie grab. She grabs Freddie right as her alarm clock goes off, mm-hmm. thinking that she was going to be able to grab him and bring him out. But yeah. she wakes up and he's not there. But then, boom, he's there anyway. He falls into every trap. Yeah. He takes a sledgehammer to the gut. He trips over the wire. Which. He falls down the stairs. If he could have just gone in the dream world, like you set something up in real, in her real house. You go into the dream world. Isn't that stuff still there? This mm. was a little bit on Freddy. He should have known. That's interesting. Yeah, like he would never be able to see her setting that up. Yeah. Well, not see her, but... Know that it was there. Once she's asleep, he can go into that house and see, uh-oh. Yeah. Make no... Well, I guess he wouldn't have known not to... He didn't... Is he aware that he's not... Like that he's out of the dream world? Yeah. I would imagine he would immediately feel less control, right? Yeah. Like he'd feel like, oh, man, I can't... It seems like that would really mess with with whatever he is, a monster. Yeah. Well, I think, and I, okay, we'll talk about this when we get to the very end, but maybe that's not even what's really oh, happening yeah. here. So she lures him into the basement and burns him alive again. So now he's been burned. Yeah, but this. Burned alive. Burned, this burned is dead. It. It's, it shouldn't be comical, but there are parts of it. Just seeing a man walk around on fire and then he falls on the stairs and then he gets up and he just kind of walks up the stairs too. Like He's on fire the whole time. He's like seeing a guy on fire doing fairly normal things. Yeah, just making breakfast. Which has one of my favorite, like this whole last part where, because everybody's across the street, all the cops and everything are investigating what happened to Glenn. And at this point, crazy alcoholic mom put bars on the window so she can't really get out oh that's important to know yeah Yeah. and she's yelling out for the cops to get her dad and the cops run in and then they they can see they go down to the basement he's not there they're trying to figure out where he is but then they see which i love this shot of the flaming footprints leading up the stairs yeah or or through the house and up the stairs yeah Uh, yeah i don't know I mean, I'm sure it was real easy to do, but... It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That there's just these footprints, and then... So they find Freddy, and he's still on fire at this <laughs> yeah. point, and he's kind of straddling Nancy's mom in bed, yeah. choking the life out of her or whatever. Doing something to her. Yeah. And then, then there's another scene in the movie that makes me question the ending, mm-hmm. because the mother dies, 
and the bed like opens up to reveal this like blue glowing light and smoke and smoke fog fog machine effect <laughs> and her and now she's like a skeleton corpse and she just slowly lowers into the blue abyss of the mm-hmm. bed which yeah. is a very strange thing very strange scene in this movie yeah especially considering they're in the real world yeah but they're not in a dream quote unquote yeah but a movie like this i always feel like some you see something like that and it's just kind of a combination of the two things i never felt that we weren't in the real world just felt like okay this is supernatural stuff still happening in the real world well that's fair um and then we get freddy um emerging from the sheets of the bed and he give he tells nancy that um well nancy tells him that she's taking back all the energy that she's given him which this is revealed earlier with johnny depp on the bridge oh yeah that he's feeding off of their energy so Which she's important. Yeah. So she takes it, takes all the energy back. He goes to slash her and goes like boo doo 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 and disappears. Yeah, that's like a, like a that's an unfortunate nineteen eighties yeah effect. Yeah, um, like a music video effect. Yeah. Okay, so if we stopped the movie there, if that was the end of the movie, then we'd believe that. So she did it. She brought him into the real world. Right. She defeated him. He disappeared from the real world. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Mm. But next moment, she leaves the room and she's outside and it's another day and she's with her mother and it's like this idyllic and the kids beautiful day setting. Yeah. Her friends pull up in a car. Right. They all pull up in the convertible. Mm -hmm. She gets in and then the convertible starts going crazy and the top folds up and it's his sweater yeah the freddy krueger sweater colors on the top of the convertible yeah the stripes the car starts going crazy and it drives off on its own yeah and they're trapped inside mother's still waving like an idiot (laughs) yeah right like like she doesn't get it and then she gets sucked through the window fantastic yeah just this dummy little door window yeah this little tiny window on the door she just gets pulled through by freddy krueger's arm yeah and credits yeah so I have so many questions about that ending. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. I don't understand it. Why? <laughs> what do you mean, why? If <laughs> take it for what it is, it's the '80s. It's a dream. But it doesn't make any sense. How is it a dream? Was she dreaming the entire time? Did she never wake up and bring him back into the real world? Was that whole sequence a dream? She the must have that... still been dreaming. Well, some backstory. We have the what's his name, uh, Wes. God, I'm surprised I've gone this long without saying Wes Anderson, but Wes Craven. He's been calling Wes Craven Wes Anderson. Which is not okay because Wes Craven is the much better filmmaker. Hey. I hate Wes Anderson. Hey. Hate him. Wes Anderson did not. You son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. (laughs) We'll, We'll edit that out. We'll just put in. Just instead, it'll just, just be me saying Craven. Yeah, I almost <laughs> did it again. <laughs> Wes Craven did not want to. He wanted it to end with them coming out, the, her getting in the car and driving away, and the whole movie was a dream. But the producer Bob, I can't think of his Robert Shea. Yeah, that's it, Bob Shea. Lynn Shea's older brother. Yeah, yeah. Which he wanted it to be scary he wasn't really thinking too much about sequels but he wanted it to be scary and so he wanted it to be a lot more than what it actually turned out to be so they found this nice medium 
and then they drove off. But in that documentary, uh, the most interesting thing said about that ending is it comes from uh, Freddy Krueger himself. He says that because the movie opens with the girls jumping rope and doing that famous nursery rhyme, uh, and then at that last scene, you also see in the same dreamy fashion the kids doing that, and it pans over, and Nancy gets in the car, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So he looks at it as the whole movie is her having a premonition of what's to come, and they get in the car, and that's how the whole thing of events. So happens. that's like technically the real start of the movie. Yeah. So in with that, it would end with Nancy bringing him out and. Course, that doesn't really work with what happens to the mom but still an yeah. interesting there's just theory yeah it was extremely interesting but i just feel like any any theory about it is going to have holes because they basically contradict anything they do at the end of there yeah this movie has so many things that doesn't make sense just because you know everything's a dream so yeah i'm okay with the ending being what it is and yeah kind of just i don't up in think the it air. really faults the movie in any way no, I mean it's good. I just I, I never really from. I never really thought about it before. Like I've seen this movie before, and I, the ending always just was like, oh, cool. Yeah, it was a great shot of her getting pulled through the window. But this time, I really was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, so is she still dreaming? Did she never wake up? Did she fall back asleep? Like, I, or was it? I don't know. I think it's also so from Bob Shea's point of view, the way he wanted it was, no, it didn't work. You're boned. Yeah, you're screwed either way. Yeah, it's, you're still in this dream. He's yeah. still out there. It's Freddy Krueger. You can't nothing you can do about it. Yeah. All right. So that's Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. I'm Great sure you've movie. known, you know, all this before. Yeah. All these points. So. Yeah. The next one, the remake. <laughs> you, I, I mean, having just watched it too, I still, it's a very forgettable movie. Yeah. Although there are some, before we even get really into it, there's some really cool shots in it, though. Absolutely. And we they were talking chances. earlier. Yeah. And I like I like some of the story changes they yeah. made. Some of the liberties they took with the story, I really like. Um, most of my problem with it are things that just are unnecessary. Yeah. I think the things they that they actually, you know, changed and actually worked out pretty well. Yeah. But I would compare this remake most closely to the My Bloody Valentine remake. Interesting. From really? our third episode. Why? In terms of in terms of trying to be a standalone movie, paying homage to the original, and falling flat on both counts. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, right. I agree. It, yeah, yeah, especially with the trying to pay homage. Uh -huh. I don't even feel like they were trying to it was like, it almost felt like it was just, okay, we have to do this, so yeah. let's put this in there. Yeah, okay, we have to include this scene because that's what people want. Yeah. This movie has a 15% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Which you can see. Yeah. You can see why. Comes through. Um, it's almost the same length. This movie had a budget of $35 million. Oh, it all went to CGI, huh? I guess. I mean, I was reading about it and it said they tried not to use... You know, they limited that, tried to limit themselves with the amount of CGI to be respectful to the original, but I don't see that really at all. No. They even, even Freddy Krueger's face, they left, they put some green screen stuff on him to put some CGI in there. So yeah. right there, that's. Oh, yeah. The main 
the main character has CGI. Yeah. So how could you say that you tried not to use CGI? I think from what I remember about the original one, Freddy Krueger only has like something like 10 minutes of screen time. Yeah, it's very short. And yeah. this one, he's he's definitely in it more. Yeah. Even though if this one feels more about the kids and yeah just the kids and maybe the parents a little bit too but then the original one did yeah and a lot of some parts of this movie feel like it could be a prequel to the original yeah well the also the original it almost felt like more i mean it wasn't but it felt almost more like it was a mystery mm. yeah trying to figure out what's going yeah, on yeah like why is this happening to us where this one not so much no it doesn't have that doesn't have that vibe no um, this was directed by first-time film director Samuel Bear, who up until this point had done a bunch of Green Day and Blink-182 music videos. So, interesting choice of director. <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, written by, Bay for you. Yeah, written by a couple guys. Um, up to no good. Yeah, but big cast, though. Yeah. I mean, there were... A lot of recognizable yeah. faces, even if the names you may not right. be able to grasp. Yeah, you've got Jackie Earl Haley as... Freddy Krueger, mm-hmm. most Which, known as Rorschach from Watchmen. Yeah. Um, Rooney Mara, who I had no idea was in this movie until we started watching it. must it. have been one of her early ones. I mean, it was 2010, yeah, seven years ago. Uh, I don't know. She, I, I mean, I like her, so I thought she was great yeah, in she, it. Oh, she did a great job. Apparently, she really. hated it, though. Yeah. You were reading that she made yeah, her want to quit. made her want to quit acting. <laughs> Not just the movie, but I didn't acting. think it was that bad to make you want to quit the entire career. Yeah, but you didn't make it. That's true. That's true. Look at the Evil Dead remake. Yeah, she, yeah. she tried to quit all the time. Yeah, um, you got Kyle Gallner, you got Clancy Brown, and Connie Britton, all people whose names you might not recognize, but whose faces you yeah. probably would. They're in everything. Yeah. So I mean, again, the acting in this movie was great. This is something that. You know, which is weird to say. Yeah, it was better than like the My Bloody Valentine remake, for example, which had some. It's better real than every remake we watch, excluding maybe the Wolfman, because those are some A-list actors. Sure. Yeah, but yeah, so I mean, this movie should have been great, I guess. It just falls flat, and it's weird because in the original one, the most interesting things are what's happening with the dreams and Freddy stalking them. Here, the most interesting stuff is what's happening to the, you know, outside of the dreams. Oh, man, the dreams are lame in this movie. Yeah. I was, like, trying to, you know, keep keep notes of what was happening in the dreams as we watched. And most, most cases, they'd be in the dream, they'd see him, and they'd wake up. Yeah. They'd go to the dream, they'd see him, and they'd wake up over and over and over again and like nothing was even happening in the original almost every time someone went into a dream you got like major either visual effects or plot exposition or something yeah. important this yeah. was just kind of like you know well, oh we well yeah dream, i guess yeah. we gotta i guess we gotta go back in the dream again well having said that though having you said that not really, <laughs> <laughs> the only and i wouldn't even it's not even really a dream it's when i don't know his name the swimmer yeah. He gets pulled down. Quentin. Oh, no, yeah, Quentin. Uh, and then his dream, he's not being stalked by Freddy Krueger there, but he's there just to watch the past. Yeah, which, why? I mean, I like that scene. I'm glad we saw it, and I guess that's the way to bring it into this kind of movie. Yeah. Whereas any other time, somebody would be saying, this is what's happening, and then you'd get a flashback. Right, so he watched Freddy Krueger's backstory 
through a dream. But he didn't watch the whole thing because he stood in the same spot the whole time, even though we went into buildings with what was yeah. happening. So, whatever. But yeah. I, that that was one of my favorite scenes in this one because mm-hmm. it was it was pretty upsetting. Yeah. Just what was happening. And at this point, we're, we're led to believe that because the parents go after Freddy Krueger because you know they believe he's doing something to these kids but they have no real proof right and they don't go to the cops because they don't want their kids to be in court which i guess is fair but yeah so there's kind of a point in this movie where you do wonder but you know it would have been cool if they held that tension out where that you you don't know if he actually molested these kids or not because they kind of put that doubt in your head of did he do it or not but then the next scene they prove that he did yeah. So well, that, that would have been cool tension to have throughout the film. Yeah. Wondering whether or not. He and did that it. would have brought something because the original one with Robert England as Freddy, you like him. He's horrible, but you like him. He's great. He brings such, you know, character and charisma to Freddy Krueger, but here, nothing. And I don't think that would have been. I think that, I mean, they're just large shoes to fill, so any actor in that spot would have done that. Jack, Earl. Haley, yeah, that's Jack close Earl. enough. Yeah. We'll, but, yeah. <laughs> we'll go with that. I'm not good with names, Jack Haley. But he, I mean, he he was a good choice for this. It's mm. just he brought nothing to it. Yeah, I he, mean, there was no because you don't want to bring the wit because that would have been out of place in this one. Right with the tone of this movie. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he did what he could, but it, it was one of those roles where it's like. You know, anybody could have put on the glove and done that. He didn't really do anything. Just yeah. talked talked in a deep voice. Which was uh, <laughs> which was altered through computers. Yeah, right. So. It was all like it was made to like sit on top of the mix so it sounded louder. Yeah. Um all right, let's let's very briefly here get into this movie. Um just kinda hit the high level points. Most characters in the remake are the exact characters from the original, but they change their names around a little bit. So we've they got the same purpose. Yeah. So we've got Nancy as Nancy, um, Glenn from the original, which was Johnny Depp, is now Quentin in this movie. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. The movie opens in the Springwood Diner, where we meet uh, Dean, and he, uh, you know, I don't know. He's walking through the diner. He's obviously asleep gets slashed up by Freddy um, but gets he gets woken up and he's still cut yeah um, falls asleep again and this time he gets his throat he cut, slits his own throat but we know that Freddy's doing it but nobody else it looks like he's just slitting his own throat yeah in Platinum Dune Michael Bay fashion it's over the top yeah like he just he sticks it in all the way up to the handle and drags it across yeah uh, he does this in front of Chris, yeah. who is our Tina character in this movie. Yeah. So she falls asleep at his funeral. Okay, let me just stop there. <laughs> yeah, this, this movie, is... <laughs> one of the things they do poorly in this movie, in the original, they fall asleep at normal times. They fall asleep when they're laying in bed. They're par- you know, they fall yeah. asleep when they should be falling asleep. In this one, they're using every excuse to make these kids fall asleep. They're falling asleep constantly. Yeah, they're falling asleep, and they try to say it's, oh, you know, 
at this stage of sleep deprivation, it's going to be, and maybe this is true, I don't know, but you're going to have what were the, micro naps. Yeah, micro naps. So they're falling asleep standing up, and they're eventually. falling asleep walking, they're falling asleep swimming, swimming. driving. Come on, swimming. Everything. Yeah. They're just, they're falling in and out of sleep constantly. Yeah, but they're like conscious and falling asleep. Yeah. Which is weird. I don't know. It's. Yeah. I mean, even if that is a real to, thing. It doesn't need to be here. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't Because the body's sense. just, everyone believes the body's just going to fall asleep whenever it wants to. Yeah. So it doesn't make any sense. But, so anyway, so she falls asleep at the funeral. Um, she sees herself as a little girl mm-hmm. next to the grave. Um which is a whole thing we're going to get into later. Um, so now we cut to Nancy. She falls asleep in her bed, which is nice. Yeah. And we get the exact shot from the original with Freddy Krueger pushing out of the wall. Yeah, but CGI pushing through. Yep. And it just, you know, it immediately sets the tone of, oh, this movie is going to have some shots that are exact, but not done as well. Yeah. Just and now I mean, they can do, I mean. Yeah, it just is what I it is. I respect that they try to do more than what the limitations were, but make it look good. Yeah. Um, so now we're, we're back in class the next day. Chris now falls asleep in class in a mirror kind of scene from, um, Nancy's in the first movie, in the mm-hmm. original movie. Um, she falls asleep, like the room turns to ash. Yeah. Like, that was pretty cool. It was a cool effect. A lot of um, cool effects when they work in this one. Yeah. Freddie just kind of talks to her, which is kind of his MO in this movie yeah. too. He doesn't mess with them. I mean, he messes with them cause he's Freddy Krueger, but he like wants to have conversations with yeah like he doesn't necessarily want to like he doesn't like show them weird things just to freak them out he just kind of is not trying to scare him he's trying to like torture them when he gets them yeah but in in so many of them too he like he has an opportunity to kill them and he just is like he just talks to him instead it's like that classic like trope of a villain well you know who talks talks too much and then the hero escapes but i think he explains that later when he says to nancy you know i kept you awake for this long so you would you know, oh, so yeah. when you fall asleep, you would stay asleep because that's the next step after step after the micro naps, which is your brain just shuts down in a coma. You go into a coma. Yeah. So he's trying to force the kids into a coma. Yeah, but I don't think they. Yeah, I don't think they play with you know, explain that as well. Yeah. Um. All right. So you know, she she wakes up. She's fine. She goes home. Her boyfriend Jesse. I think I said Dean earlier, but her boyfriend is Jesse. So this is the Rod character. Um, Dean's the one that got killed Yeah, first. he got killed immediately. Um, Jesse comes into the window. They find out they're having the same dream. Now we get a mirror of the of Tina's dream sequence from the first movie. So Chris wakes up. She stumbles yeah, outside. Like a smudgy mirror. Yeah, she finds uh, she finds her dog dead. Yeah, why did they have to kill the dog? I mean, I guess it didn't, right? Because it's just yeah. the dream. Or is the dog dead in real life? I don't know. The dog I met, anything living that gets killed is probably dead. Yeah. So she runs back into her house, but it turns into a preschool. Um, f- then Freddie's just playing hide and seek yeah. with a little with them. Yeah. Well, to go back to what you were saying about the, him talking to people, he doesn't use the dreams to horrify. He uses it because he's trying to, re- you know, remind them of what he did to them when he was when they were children. And he was alive. So he's trying to remind them of their past. Yeah, and we don't know this yet. We just get lame dream sequences. Right. So, like, as the viewer, yeah, it, it that's a good point. So by the time the movie's over, you realize that's what he's doing. But while you're watching, you're just like, come on, man. Yeah, this like, isn't... I don't want... He's just leaning up against the chalkboard, counting, you know, and then she wakes up. 
Is she awake? A lot of dumb jump scares yeah. too. She's still asleep. And then this this scene bothers me. So you've you've got the scene we talked about in the original where he drags Tina up the wall and out of the ceiling. Extremely creepy and effective. In this one, she's just getting whipped around the room like yeah, a rag doll. Just CGI. Yeah, slamming into the walls. Which is, I know you haven't seen it, but Freddy versus Jason. At one point, Freddy's sitting there and taking Jason and throwing him, bouncing him off of silos or some equipment or something mm. and that's exactly how like it feels like a like a that one it works in that one because at that point freddy's become yeah a clown right and he's you know hey this is hilarious he's a pinball bouncing around a machine but this one it's supposed to be serious and it doesn't work yeah we get some great sound effects in this yeah one, though. yeah as she boom, thuds boom, around boom, boom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um he slashes her chest in the same way jesse bails just like rod did um the cops grab him just like before he goes to jail. Um, Quentin now is is not Googling, but what? He's, he's something got, Blast. Yeah, Giga Blast. Yeah, or Giga something. Blast. Some generic search engine that's oh, awful it's looking. horrible. For 2010, too. Come yeah, on. It's a bad Google looking, had taken over by then. Bad looking search engine. He's, he's Googling sleep deprivation at a bookstore well, and then falls asleep. Yeah. Which is great. Um and then again, okay, so he, he sees Freddy reading books to children, mm-hmm. and then he wakes up. Yeah, but that this is also, you made a point here to say, because he, he's walking through the bookstore, and it's, you know, it's a dream, whatever, and he comes to a room, and the the doorway's there, and then Freddy's got his back to you, to the audience, to the to Quentin, and now the kid's sitting there, and then he gets closer, and Freddy turns around, but they do like that stupid... Like like a jump like effect. a jer- blur jerk face thing as he turns like he turns quick and then back and it's just horrible. Yeah, like it would have been so much more effective to just have him turn and look at him yeah, like in real time. Slowly, yeah. yeah, instead of like this weird effect. Because we know jerk. who it is going who going yeah, it's up not there. A surprise. He doesn't know, so right. don't make it seem like that. Yeah, yeah, just. You know, and I, I mean, I don't want to sound like, like that yeah, I don't want to sound it. like we're nitpicking this movie, but it, you know, these things, all they, these small things add up. Yeah, it does, and like, it well, makes for a weird experience. Yeah, well, like we were saying, I was saying before, it the story of this one is more fleshed out, and like you're you're saying, it feels like a prequel. It would have made a better prequel, and I think it just falls apart during those little things. Like, what's the point of that? Why do that? Yeah. I don't know. Um, so Jesse's in jail, and he falls asleep and gets killed. I don't even think it's worth talking about. It's, it's stupid. His, he gets a hand bust yeah. through him. Freddy just punches through him, and he's dead. Yeah. Um, Real forgettable character, too. Yeah. Um, so Nancy starts asking her mom about her childhood mm-hmm. and Freddy Krueger, and her mom gets real weird about it. Um and then we get the bathtub shot again, which is an exact recreation from the first yeah. one. Like, exactly yeah. the recreation from the first one. She falls asleep in the tub. The hand comes up. We don't get the pulled under the bathtub, Yeah, though. the hand just goes away. Yeah, but it's still exact. Um, and then she gets out of the tub, but she's still asleep because it's snowing in her bedroom. Um, she goes... She finds the preschool. She shows up at the preschool yeah, in her Yeah, because she goes bed. into her bedroom, and it's all snow and she gets to the preschool but I feel like almost every time they're dreaming I don't know if this is true for the original one but I feel like the 
director, the writer, whoever wants to be like, oh, they're not dreaming. I got you. He is dreaming. Yeah. It's like, I don't need that. I know. Just let them be dreaming. Let Let us know. I mean, maybe that'll work once or twice, but don't keep doing it every time. It doesn't work. Yeah. It is kind of like every time. Yeah. Um, All right. We're getting to the we're getting to the heart of it here. So we, we finally get the big backstory um, through Quentin and Nancy finding a picture of their preschool class, and this is cool. This is the big reveal that all the kids that are being killed went to preschool together. Yeah, we find out unlike the original one, there's a lot of these kids, and most of them are dead at this point. I think all of them except Nancy and Quentin are dead out of the entire oh, preschool class. Oh yeah, by this class. point, yeah, yeah. So we get a we, this is all done through flashback now, which. Eh, I have mixed feelings on using actual flashback, but it works in this instance. Yeah, that was another one of those cool shots because you're looking at the picture and then they just zoom in and the picture becomes... Yeah, the flashback. So Freddy Krueger was the gardener at the school, at the preschool, Mm -hmm. and just starts molesting kids. Or does he? Or does he? We still don't know. Um, Nancy starts giga blast searching (laughs) all the other kids, finds out they're all dead. Giga blasting the other kids? Yeah. Um, Quentin's passes out at swim practice while swimming. In the middle of the pool. He has one of his micro naps. A micro nap in the pool. And this is where we, what we talked about earlier. So he yeah. gets... And so this is what I was talking about when that bathtub scene gets split in two. Yeah. Because him getting micro this napping catch. underwater is almost exactly the shot of Nancy getting pulled underwater in the original movie. Um, so as you explained, he sees the backstory. He sees the parents, all their parents killing... Fred Krueger. Um, so now they know. They know the whole thing. But he, this is where Jack Haley plays it very well because he's, you know, he's a decent actor. And here yeah. he's actually, you feel for him. Like, maybe, because at this point we're like, maybe he didn't do it. Yeah, right. Because when they're burning him alive, like, he genuinely. He's a very sympathetic character oh, yeah. at this point. He seems very um upset and panicked and yeah. afraid and it seems like oh man and when shit. we see him with the kids earlier he's you know he loves these kids yeah and we don't know we're not believing that he's molesting the kids yet or right. he's led to believe but he's you know just being a good friend to these kids and having fun with them but then we get back into you know yeah almost the next scene now um we got quentin and and nancy heading to the preschool mm-hmm. to find out if they can find any clues or whatever. Um, there's a whole scene in a pharmacy that I think we can skip over. I just want to say one thing that confuses me about this. Go ahead. When, because this had some also cool shots of the pharmacy just like, he, she's in the aisle and then you see the door and outside and the lights are going out and it comes back on. It's the boiler room now and they're going back and forth. But my thing is when they're, She's laying on the ground, like, backing up, and he's just swiping at her. But as he's swiping or he's running his hands along the pipes, it the lights flicker in the pharmacy, and it's back in the pharmacy for a second. And he's, like, knocking cans He's knocking off. things over. Is, is that how that has worked in any of these movies ever? I don't think so. So, so are we to believe that she was having, like micro naps she was like flashing in and out of sleeping because how would she see him and then be back she in the had pharmacy? to have been because she started in the car and then she ended up there so she must have been having flashes back and forth so weird yeah that it doesn't play yeah. well but that is the scene where she she 
has a piece of his sweater yeah, and so back, she's like it's that moment from the original where she says i can i think i can you know bring things out of the dream which is a little bit better because it's not a whole hat yeah it's not his entire hat yeah like oh my god where did this come from yeah they do go to the hospital after this but they they escape once they realize that nancy's going to be sedated if they stay there um but quentin well, steals adrenaline yeah while they're there which is important he steals a, a needle or two of adrenaline two vials yeah um so they go to the preschool. They find the the secret room in the basement, which was Fred Krueger's secret molestation room. Um, and they find a box of Polaroids of Nancy as a little girl. So they're like, ah. Yeah, that that this part was just like, it really made me uncomfortable. Yeah. And now you know that it's all real. Yeah. Because which, like we said before, that, it you know, any tension that they were building with, is he innocent or not, is immediately. Yeah, but that's so messed up. Oh, yeah, man. It's Just, horrible. I mean, this one had to be darker in order for it to work. Yeah. But that's that's messed up. Yeah. But I, I want to say one thing real quick. Uh-huh. That the adrenaline did nothing. I mean, it, just... it, it wakes her up at the end, but it did nothing oh, for yeah, him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I forgot. Because he takes it in the leg and then immediately micro-nap. <laughs> and then he falls asleep later again when, you know, he sits down. She says, keep me awake. I'm going to go in, pull him out, and you stay awake. When you see me struggling, you know, we'll get him, and then you take this thing and kill him. Yeah. But then he sits down and just head down sleep. Yeah, immediately. He Johnny Depp's it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. He um he does have time before he passes out to to break a paper cutter. Yeah. And you, it's like a makeshift sword, which comes in handy later. Mm. Um. So they're both sleeping ah. now, and they're both in the dream together. And Freddie just bashes Quentin's head into the wall a few times. Yeah. And, and then goes after Nancy. This is the scene, okay, where she's running down the hallway, and it, like, turns into sludge. Yeah, so it's kind of like, house. She's back in the house. Yeah, so it's kind of like the stairs. But it's not even sludge. It's just like straight up. You know, when she steps on the stairs, her foot goes through one. Mm-hmm. But this, the hallway, and there was another cool shot because oh, yeah. it doesn't look like it. And then all of a sudden, it's just a whole like swamp. Yeah, like a like weird oil. Yeah. Um. So she ends up in a in her bed, and Freddie gets real rapey in this scene. Yeah. He reveals that. Uh, she's in a coma because he was purposely keeping her awake until she fell into a coma and basically insinuates that he's just going to like be raping her forever. forever. So that's happening. Quentin wakes up, stabs her with the adrenaline. Mm -hmm. She manages to drag Freddy back into the real world, chops his hand off with the sword, slits his throat. That's where it comes in handy. Yeah. Ah, handy. Mm, That's why I said ah earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Slits his throat. And uh, yeah, that was then they burn the school down. Yeah, but I feel like that, and it's so anticlimactic. That's what I said about the leprechaun ending, and you said it was climactic. Not yeah, because the leprechaun was a monster that didn't deserve it. Mm. This is something that's been. This was a character that's had life and personality. Yeah, yeah right. But not. I mean, you just slice his throat, and then you just kind of like to the ground. Yeah, and then she says, "Hold on," takes the lantern, and goes. And I thought, okay, maybe set him on fire. But no, she throws it in the corner. Yeah, and just burn. Yeah. Burn him. Yeah, right. She just burns the yeah. building. Because that's what's great about that other one, the, uh, the other one, the original. He, you know, he was killed by fire, and now you're going to kill him again with fire here. Yeah. It seemed fitting, but no. Nah. Just a paper cutter to the throat. Bad paper cut. Yeah. Um, last, last scene in the movie. Nancy goes home with her mother. 
and this is maybe the my this is the worst CGI in the movie to me. Um, her mother is standing in front of a mirror. Freddy jumps through the mirror, sticks his knife glove through Connie Britton's face, and drags her back into the mirror. Yeah, this made me actually question for a second of was this for 3D? Yeah, it's a bad shot. It's bad, you know, because the the originally she gets pulled through that door. They had yeah. to do that somehow. Right. So they but did no. the mirror, and it was bad. It was the worst CGI in the movie. It was, like, one of the worst shots in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it ends. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, it just seemed offensive to the original. Yeah. And it didn't seem like it was trying to go in with good intentions. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's like, you know trying to remake this movie like with a darker and grittier tone Mm -hmm. but you know what a nightmare on elm street 1984 it has a dark tone yeah it has a gritty tone for 1984 and that's the thing it's so this was very in my mind when i watched the original that this is something that was never seen before i mean this is a wholly original idea from wes craven yeah that's right and so that just makes me enjoy it so much more that he did something so crazily original that's and because we know all about freddy krueger now but again watching it through new eyes or trying to it's so messed up so right. it, i mean i get that this one in order to do it in this day and age to make it dark darker and uh, i mean i feel like the original one if it wasn't 1984 would have had some of these darker elements like the pedophilia sure but it doesn't suffer for not having it. Right. Well, this is a question that I thought of when I was watching the first one and remembering in that documentary, too. Do you think that this movie would have worked better if the original didn't become the franchise it did and have Freddy Krueger become a cartoon? That's a very fair question because, yeah, because watching the original is was surprising that Freddy Krueger was pretty straight yeah he, he doesn't even really say much he's not too f- i mean other than messing with him. too much yeah i mean he does some very you know like popping out from behind the tree yeah right, he right, might right. as well have a carrot asking you know what's up doc yeah looking for elmer fudd no that's but the rest of it like him ripping his face off and there's a skull or him dragging that body down that hall yeah it's disturbing yeah yeah i don't know i mean that's I don't know if we if we can know that now now that Freddy Krueger's already in the yeah in the public He's a clown. mind. Yeah. I mean, still. I mean, what would you think if if this? I don't know how many. Uh, I don't even know how many Nightmare on Elm Street movies there were. Seven. Seven. So let's say the eighth Nightmare on Elm Street movie was this remake, but it wasn't a remake. It was Robert England, but it had the same tone. It had the same script. You know. What would you think of it then? If it wasn't a remake, they just they tried to go back to that original tone. Do you think it would have been more successful? Are we talking new characters? I mean, it's still Robert England, still playing. Well, I know, Freddy yeah, Kruger. but are we still staying with Nancy? And although Nancy dies, yeah. Oh, spoiler alert! Spoiler. Just, Nancy dies. Just in whoever. Everyone. My yeah, point yeah. is that if they tried to go back instead of to having that tone, that dark tone, I feel like there would have been some. This would have been a little bit lighter because Robert England would have, because he has that, that you know, it factor that makes him, you know, yeah, lovable. Sure. Even as that. Sure. And so he's gonna have some of that, you know, almost like dad humor come through. Yeah. 
No, that's fair. All right, let's look at our two questions. First question, does the remake stand up to the original? Not even close. <laughs> no, not remotely. No. No. It's um I don't even I don't even know if it tries to stand up to the original. No, it doesn't. It doesn't even stand up to, you know, the worst of the franchise. Anytime you take a well, movie that might be a stretch. Anytime you take a movie and you you shoot a scene exactly you can't expect that scene to be better than it was done the first time. You have no. to go in knowing that it's going to be a lesser mm. version, right? Somebody should have told Vince Vaughn that. Yeah, that poor that poor thing. Um, all right, let's just hit the second question. This is a bigger question. Should it have been remade no. at all? No. You don't I don't think even so. think. It's there. I mean, no. No. It's a hard no from Mike. Oh, absolutely not. It was somebody should have stopped this from happening. I also don't think it should have been remade. I don't think there's any need for it. And I think that the franchise, well, unless they kept, you know, darker tones, should never have been a franchise. Interesting. You would have just liked to see a one-and-done Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Unless they were going to keep that tone. Yeah. Excluding New Nightmare because... Yeah, New Nightmare is cool. Because that's when Wes Anderson returned God to... God damn you, Wes Craven. Oh, my God. <laughs> Now that you've said this so many times, I would like to see Wes Anderson's take on Freddy Krueger. Yeah, it's going to be garbage. <laughs> yes, I do not think um, it needed to be re remade at all. Yeah. Unless they were going to take a drastically different approach. But to remake it... Which they... No. They, they took the approach and then just made it a little bit darker. Yeah, slightly darker. and and the, They had a pedophilia. But that was something that was a carryover from the original the anyway. Yeah. 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 So, whatever. So this is Wes Craven's movie. Bastardized. You got it that time. I know. I'm That's why I wanted to say it because I knew I had to redeem myself. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's let's wrap it up on that. No, you got anything else to say about these two movies? No, the first one's original. I just want to push the documentary one more time. It's four hours, so brace yourself. Yeah, I'm gonna definitely. I've not seen it yet. I'm definitely gonna be checking it out. Yeah, the first forty-five minutes is the first movie. Yeah. All right. Well, that's gonna wrap it up for us here on the remake mistake. Um, Check out wolfbanebloomscom for all sorts of uh, horror reviews, quizzes, lists, um, etc. And we are excited to announce that the remake mistake is now available on iTunes and Google Play, and I think pretty much anywhere you download your podcast. Yeah, it's from. on third-party podcasts. So. Yeah, so check us out there. Uh, if you enjoy it, give us a five-star rating, or you know, whatever you want to do. Yeah, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Remakes, Joe. Don't fuck with the original.